Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. We are having technical difficulties today. We can't hear ourselves, so we have no idea how loud or quiet we're being. Sorry, y'all. This is going to be a wild ride for y'all. This is also take two, because it didn't record anything the first time. I mean, luckily we didn't get that far into it, but... Yeah, this is very reminiscent of the early podcast episodes. If you're a true <laughs> fan, maybe you'll feel right at home. I was just saying how this movie is very reminiscent of old DCOMs. Like, I feel like it could have been made in 1999. Yeah. Uh, it's Invisible Sister, by the way. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have an introducing it. <laughs> and again, I had just said, I literally, this is a very forgettable DCOM. I forgot what it was called, even though I watched this like two days ago. So... Uh, yes, this movie was released in... 2015, October 9th. Great. We were in college. <laughs> we were freshmen in college. Oof! Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> that was a time. Yeah. It was a time. Um, this movie stars Rowan Blanchard, who is most known as Cory and Topanga's daughter in Girl Meets World. Riley. Um, she was in Spy Kids 4. Like, the next generation after Carmen and Junie. I saw that. I didn't know that that existed. I remember, like, seeing commercials for it when it came out, but I obviously did not care. But it said 4D because it was Spy Kids 3D. I remember that. So then yeah, it I don't know 4D. what they made in 4D. You can't make 4D. it 4D. <laughs> I don't, I'm an original Spy Kids suprem- supremacist. <laughs> so I... <laughs> So I, I did not care. But ask me about the original Spy Kids. I'll talk all day. Oh, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I got home to our apartment <laughs> in did. our 20s one time, and Elizabeth is just watching Spy Kids 2, and she was like, oh, I had already finished the first one, so I just put the second one on. I like, I just wanted to watch Spy Kids! <laughs> it reminds me of being a child. <laughs> and they're not bad movies. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Someone back me up on this. <laughs> no, I mean, they're not bad. It's just funny that at whatever age I walked in and you're just watching Spy Kids 2 alone at home. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Rowan Blanchard was also featured in A Wrinkle in Time. Um, she's a recurring character in The Goldbergs and the television show Snowpiercer. I've seen the movie. I've not seen the show, so I do not know what her role is in the show. Um, I wanted to say, I follow Rowan Blanchard on Instagram, and I think that she kind of fell into the, like, wanting to separate herself from her Disney Channel persona a lot. She's changed a lot over the years. The only thing I know about her is that she's a very big feminist. I mean, she was, like, um, very, like, alternative, like, she cut her hair short and, like, (sighs) kind of, like, shied away from, like, the normal stuff for a while, and now it's kind of come, like, full circle. I don't really know how to describe it. She's not really friends with her other, uh, Girl Meets World castmates anymore. I know that Sabrina Carpenter and, uh, the kid who played Farkle are still friends, like, in real life. I love that. Also, Peyton Meyer, which is, mm, Lucas, is Lucas, that his name? Yeah. Just got married. <laughs> but, yeah, also, there was Hey, he's, like, our age, release. though. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess isn't weird. Yeah. Um, we did watch Girl Meets World. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, listen, no, I love Boy Meets World, so whenever they're like, we're going to make a reboot of Girl Meets World, I was like, I have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I hung on to it longer than I should have. Oh, I'm pretty sure I watched all of oh, it. Oh, really? So. <laughs> I gave up Maybe after not a while. the very end, but maybe I, just, I did. I could not take it anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. It, I, at the beginning, I don't think it was that bad, but the further it got, the worse it was. I just think they, they tried way too hard. Well, and okay, here's the thing, too. I, I 
I don't know if I'm in the majority or not, but I think the earlier season, seasons of Boy Meets World, whenever I was still young, like in middle school, are some of the best years because the older they got, the stupider Eric got, the more like shallow Sean got. I don't know. I, I just like feel the like middle years. I feel like middle school was pretty good for them and their writing <laughs> and like especially being like true to that age, but also like dealing with issues that they may deal with at that age. Yeah, it's, it's a very different show from the beginning seasons to the end seasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. that's Rowan Blanchard. Sorry, <laughs> I just wanted to interject there. Um, this movie, Rowan Blanchard plays Cleo. Uh, Molly is played by Paris Baroque. I don't know if I'm saying that right. She was on some Disney XD shows called Mighty Med and Lab Rats Elite Force. She was also can be seen in Tall Girl. She is not the tall girl. Well, no, she was not on <laughs> Abby Lee Dance Company. <laughs> um, she's in this, uh, like, children's Netflix show about two best friends. One of them has cancer. I haven't watched that, but I've actually heard it's really good. Like, yeah. in, like it's for, like, kids younger ish age but i've heard from like someone who i trust on tiktok who does like movie and film reviews that it's like actually a very well done show i believe it i mean i'd watch it i just haven't gotten there yet um you gotta be in the right mood yeah (laughs) i haven't been in that mood since i read the fault in our stars when i was 16 you don't have to be in a cancer mood (laughs) i don't think that exists anyway paris was also in hubie halloween the adam sandler movie which I did not watch. Um, this movie has... Okay, I hope I'm saying this right. I looked up pronunciations. Um, Karun... Karun... Kar, no, Karun. Karun? Karun. Uh, Barar. Karun Barar. I, I believe. I'm, I looked it up. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, obviously he was in Jesse, and the Jesse spinoff bunked, um... But who can forget his most iconic role in Diary of a Wimpy Kid? She's <laughs> such. That's Chiragupta. All I remember is just him saying, being like, the cheese touch. Uh, he. I know we've talked about this before, but I love the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. <laughs> we talked about me watching it the day I got laid off. <laughs> Um, he, I mentioned this in a previous episode, he was recently on Elle Mills' podcast, Crazy Stupid Fangirls, I think that's what it's called, um, and he talked a lot about, like, Disney, it was very interesting, highly recommend if you want to learn more about Disney, it was a little bit after, like, the Disney stars I grew up with, like, I never watched Jesse, so his experience isn't the same as, like, the people who we grew up watching, but it was still very interesting to hear. Also, like, the Disney stars of that era, they were not the mega superstars well, that no. the Disney stars that we had were. Yeah, because the other ones, like, grew on and did other things, and for the most part, these ones have not so much. <laughs> um, I mean, he was also in Hubie Halloween. Amazing. <laughs> um, next we have Rachel Crow, who plays Nikki. Um, she was in, she can be seen in some episodes of Big Time Rush, Fred, the show, um, Schooled. She was in one of the last episodes of The Office. She was a contestant on the singing show that Andy tried out for, um, because she was a contestant on The X Factor. Look at that. Um, we meet Alex Desert again, we, he was in Let It Shine, and he was, uh, the journalism teacher in Boy Meets World. 
Um, and then Scott Reeves, who plays Dad, he's only in one scene, but I thought it was interesting that he's been in over 300 episodes of both General Hospital and Young and the Restless. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. One of them was, like, in the late 90s, and the other one was in the early 2010s. <laughs> Yikes. And that's all I have. Yep. I don't have anything fun to add. <laughs> uh, it was based on a book, but, like, many of the recent decoms that have been based on books are just, like random scholastic books you might find in your library <laughs> so there's no information about them they were maybe one day featured at the scholastic book fair May- they might have been <laughs> they were not distant waves i got that out of the scholastic book time. <laughs> yeah distant waves that was a good one i also got like a miley cyrus biography at the scholastic book fair was it miles to go no, she didn't mm-hmm. write it. Mm. <laughs> Some random person wrote it. I didn't it. read Miles to Go either, but I, I heard a either. lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw a lot of people talk about it because she was 16 and she had written a memoir and everyone was like, what is she going to write about? As if she doesn't have like a world famous dad and is one of the most watched people in the world. Yeah, and point. as if all of her fans don't want to hear all the gory details about being on Disney Channel. Right. Well, I mean, she couldn't say anything. She could say anything. She's still on no, Disney No, I mean, anything then. she can share. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in that one she talked about uh, dating and breaking up with Nick Jonas. She did. <laughs> That's how people know a lot of, like, their ba- ba- background story. I don't think she ever, like, says it by name, but she's like... My boyfriend. Like, who else would have been? Yeah, no. Like, you can see, like, from the way she describes She's it like, and my the pictures boyfriend they and I, took. Who I went on tour with. Yeah, like, stuff like <laughs> It that. wasn't Kevin or Joe. <laughs> no. That would have been illegal. Mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, let's start the movie. Let's get into Invisible Sister. I'd like to say, first of all, um, I literally only have two pages front and back of notes. It usually takes me, like, up to six pages of notes i have two i have three and a half yeah but i feel like i have um wide ruled and i also write bigger than you it's yeah your handwriting's really small (laughs) this is purposely small but yeah it's a it's a short one so yeah don't be surprised not a lot happens yeah Um, we open on okay i thought they were butterfly wings but they say moth a lot. They don't mention a butterfly one. Yeah, I, multiple times I wrote butterfly and then had You're to like, cross it out and put moth. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's a butterfly because Cleo starts narrating about invisibility, um, which made me think of one of my favorite scenes of Drake and Josh. <laughs> Whenever Drake and Josh make a bet about who can date the most girls in a week, and Drake gives up because he meets a girl that I really like, so Josh wins. And in the movie theater, he goes, Josh Nichols is no longer a caterpillar. Uh-uh, he is a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> what does that have to do with the moth? Butterfly invisibility. What? What does that have to do with him being Josh invisible? Josh bloomed. He's no longer invisible. He wasn't invisible before. <laughs> I don't know. That's Dan Schneider. Yeah. The movie starts with Cleo narrating. Uh, there's always stuff we can't see. There are things that hide in plain sight. Invisibility is everywhere. Like me. My sister Molly is super popular, but I'm not. And then I wrote emo. She has pink streaks in her hair. Okay. Wears a lot of eyeliner and black tights in the summer? Fall-ish? No, it's October. Yeah, it's like fall before Halloween. And they live they live in New Orleans. So I feel like it must be hot. I don't know, I've never been to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but she is wearing jean shorts over black tights. That are ripped. That are ripped. And I gotta say, for Disney Channel, it's pretty accurate for the time period. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I said- I definitely saw a lot of people wear shorts over tights. She's emo? Yeah, she has like a single pink streak in her hair and a heavy eyeliner. Yeah. 
And she's like, even if you want to change being invisible, you can't. Or oh, so, so I thought. Odd. Oh, okay. So uh, we cut to Cleo has fallen asleep in science class with her headphones in. Um, everyone gets up to leave and the teacher comes over to wake her up and he hands her back a test with 100% on it. Okay, they have a conversation about music briefly, and he's like, oh, were you listening to Fits in the Tantrums? Yeah. <laughs> we saw them in concert, just as, not as, like, the main band, as an opener. No, they were an opener. Um, but I don't know if that's the vibe that, you wanted, that <laughs> you're trying to give off for Cleo right now. And then, <laughs> and I don't know why they're just name-dropping bands, like, I guess to make her seem cooler, but... I feel, they I feel like if they wanted to make her seem cool, they would have gone with, like, a classic rock band on Fits in the Not that they're bad, but... No, she's, she's indie, underground. I guess. <laughs> they could have at least said like my chemical romance or something no they could not say my chemical romance i don't think that's in the tantrums oh. did anything scandalous oh yeah that yes. i know of <laughs> can't have kids looking up my chemical romance <laughs> um anyway uh mr bergens is like oh by the way i re- you're i'm rejecting your science project because you're too smart and it's too easy um, so he's like, you're going to turn this, uh, bottle of gunk into crystal by building a homemade spectrometer, and by the way, it's worth half of your grade and no one else's. Which yeah. Which is not fair. Well, yeah, she says that. She's like, how is that fair? Like, George is just feeding his guinea pig's dairy to see if they <laughs> see fart. If they fart. <laughs> and the teacher's just like, I expect more from you, and basically that's it. I have a problem with that. I feel like it's a, you can challenge them outside of class. Maybe, <laughs> but when it comes to being like, if you don't do what I want you to do, it's worth half your grade, then you're gonna fail. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Uh, Cleo complains to George about this, like, in the hallway afterwards, and uh, he tries to encourage her. Uh, that's whenever a jock calls Cleo a freak and a vampire, and then she's basically just like, is that all you got? Like, I'm unimpressed. Which, good for her. <laughs> Um, Carter approaches them and asks, uh, Cleo to study together, and Cleo's just like, um, no. Well, she looks over, and she sees all these jocks, like, laughing at them talking, and so she's like, oh no, this must be a trap. Right, so she's like, no, go away. And George is like, why are you rejecting to hang out with your crush? And she's like, a guy like that is not gonna be interested in someone like me. Like, it's probably a joke about, like, the jock asking out the nerdy girl, like, and I'm not gonna fall for it. And she's also like, and if not, he just wants me to do his homework, and yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> Which, I, I know she's saying this because she's insecure, but I also feel like it's valid. <laughs> yeah. um, so Molly, uh, Cleo's older sister, invites Cleo to go to Froyo with her friends, but Cleo says no, uh, because she doesn't like Molly's friends. Uh, yeah, Coog, Molly's boyfriend. His name is Coog. Coog. No, never sure what his full name is. Maybe it is just Coog. Just Coog. <laughs> Uh, he's like Smith. <laughs> yeah, he also encourages uh, Cleo and her friend George. She has to keep saying this over and over again uh, to go with them. And she's again, she's just like, no, I'm not going to. Bye. They do seem genuine, like they're offering a hand, but Cleo's just, she's just like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Which like also, I get sometimes you just don't want to hang out with people you don't know. I agree. So. <laughs> Um, so George gets, so since, uh, Molly, who drives Cleo to school, uh, went to go get Froyo, George gives Cleo a ride home on his broken scooter. Uh, whenever they arrive, Molly's already home, and their parents are going on a trip, and we literally never see them again. <laughs> yeah, well, they're gonna be gone for a week, and I think this movie takes the course of a week. Yeah, it's his course over, like, two days. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, so the parents are going away. Mom turns to them, and she says, there's protein shakes if you run out of food. Ma'am? 
protein shakes are not sustainable meals for teenage girls. Yeah, she could have just been like, there's money. There's for money on the counter. <laughs> Why? Who wrote that? Yeah. Um, so the parents apologize. Well, I think it's supposed to be because her sister is sporty. So she needs that protein gains, maybe. Yeah, because they apologize for missing Molly's first lacrosse game. They Um, give her this, like, entire speech. They're like, you are the best daughter anyone could ever (laughs) ask for. And I'm so glad that we have no other children. Yeah, they turn to Cleo and they say, stay loose when you study. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Cleo very obviously feels neglected. Uh, the parents leave, and Molly tells Cleo that she's having a party tonight. Um, so during the party, Cleo and George are working on their science projects. Um, Cleo lets George go and uh, visit the party while she continues to work. So whenever she's working, a moth, which I thought was a butterfly, yeah. flies in. She tries to shoo it away, but then she accidentally knocks some stuff into her beaker and, and like, mixes a bunch of stuff. And so the solution in the beaker is like over a hot plate so it's like bubbling into steam the moth flies through the steam and then slowly becomes transparent but we can like still see its shape yeah and cleo obviously like saw this happen so she knows that it's there uh she catches it in a jar first and then drops the jar for some reason and so it gets away yeah, so then she runs through the party with a butterfly net trying to capture it. Okay, also, what is she going to do when it's in the net? Like, she doesn't have anything to put it in after that. I don't know. This girl's not thinking it through. She's supposed to be smart. Come on now, Cleo. Uh, well, it doesn't matter anyway because she loses it when the front door opens. Yeah. Um, so it's the end of the party. Cleo tries to tell George what happens, but he doesn't believe her. Um, and then later, Molly is getting ready for bed. She puts, like, basically, like, an Alka-Seltzer in her drink. Yeah, she's making some fizzy water. Yeah, but whenever that happens, the invisible butterfly, like, drops into the water and dissolves along with the Alka-Seltzer tablet, and Molly drinks it. Uh, for a brief moment, we see, like, Molly flash invisible when she goes to close her curtains. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the next morning when Molly wakes up, she's completely invisible, um, she naturally screams so she doesn't see herself in the mirror, which wakes up Cleo. Uh, Cleo opens the door and she hears Molly's voice but doesn't see her body. Um, so sometimes we'll see Cleo, like, talking to nothing, but most of the time, whenever she's talking to Molly, we as the audience can see Molly. Yeah, I think they just didn't, I think they wanted this actress to be in the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like it would, it might have been more difficult for children to follow along. Yeah. Like, with reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Molly goes to her room. She's about to call for help, but Cleo's like, what are you going to do? Like, no one's going to believe you. Even if they do, like, they're not going to know what to do. Um, I would like to bring this up. I saw a TikTok. Other people know this story. When I was in sixth grade, our teacher read us a book called Things Not Seen. It's about a boy who uses an electric blanket and turns invisible from using the electric blanket. And so he's, like, at his home, but, like, his parents can't see him, so they think he's gone missing, and he, like, doesn't know what to do because he's invisible, and he can't tell anyone, so he just, like, wanders around for a while, and then eventually he makes friends with a blind girl who he can, like, talk to because she doesn't know that he's invisible. I don't know if we ever get any resolution. I don't remember how it ends, but he, like, looks it up, and this has happened to other kids. So then I was like, do, <laughs> do electric blankets cause people to turn invisible? And that's what I always think about. Sorry, I just had to mention that invisibility <laughs> story. So, if you read Things Not Seen, let me know. I did not. However, when, you know, how people are like, if you had one superhero power, what would it be? I'd always say invisibility so I can get into stuff for free. 
Um, the more I think about it, I feel like flying would be a pretty good option because, oh my god, the amount of times that I just do not feel like driving home, <laughs> flying would be so much more convenient. I feel like it's better for the planet, probably. Yeah. I don't have to spend money on a car and gas and insurance. So, seems pretty practical. <laughs> Saving the environment by flying. Invisibility kind of scares me. <laughs> um, and I feel by like the no way, one would ever trust me because then, like, I could be spying on them at any moment. <laughs> by the way, Molly, she's... Her clothes turn completely invisible with her. It's not like Violet in The Incredibles, or it's only whenever she's wearing her super suit that she turns completely invisible. Well, yes, we'll we'll learn this soon. Yes. Well, I just wanted to mention that, like, right out. Like, Molly's not just, like, walking, like, it's not just, like, a shirt and pants walking yeah. around. Um, so anyway, Cleo realizes what happened, and she realizes that Molly had swallowed the invisible moth. Um, so that's when Molly's boyfriend enters the house. Um, he is dressed up like the cowardly bear, it's supposed to be the cowardly lion, and Molly's supposed to go to school as Dorothy, because it's Halloween today. Yeah, their whole friend group is dressing up like Wizard of Oz people. Which is, like, half the school. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's so many munchkins. (laughs) Um, Cleo tells Coog that Molly is sick, so Molly calls down, like, don't come upstairs. Um, Cleo says, yeah, so he leaves. Cleo's like, well, it might be a few hours till it wears off. Well, yeah, she, she feels pretty confident that it'll, like, go away soon, because she's like, well, it worked really quickly on the fly, and it's soluble, so it's probably fine. Yeah, but Molly's- There's some science words in there. (laughs) But Molly's like, no, like, I can't miss school. If I miss any classes, then I can't play in the first lacrosse game of the season, which has college scouts, which I- I don't know if college scouts come to the first game of the season. Yeah, but Molly's like, oh my god, luckily it's Halloween. So she goes to put on her Dorothy costume. Still, just- But she's still an invisible body. Yeah, so it's just a Dorothy costume, and she's like, that's not gonna work. I thought she was gonna, like, get a sheet or something. Yeah! (laughs) That would, you know, make sense. Not a Dorothy costume. No, uh, but it doesn't matter anyway, because the costume disappears on Molly's body. Um, so Molly suggests that Cleo go in her place, and so Cleo put on the Dorothy costume, but also wear a mask so no one can tell. It's, it's giving a Cinderella story. Well, (laughs) they say you can be Mardi Gras Dorothy because they're in New Orleans. Yeah, but also Cleo and Molly don't look that much alike. No, they don't look anything alike. They don't sound alike, but they're like, it's fine. They both have brown hair. I'll teach you what to do. (laughs) Yeah, and everyone believes it. Like, it's it's like a Cinderella story, basically. Yeah. Everyone has the same intelligence of Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. Um, so Molly drives them to school invisibly. And yeah, and this is fine, too. Yeah, no, one no one notices. No, except except this an old lady. lady. Um, they arrive at school, and Molly coaches Cleo on, like, how to be her. So she's, like, telling Cleo to wave and smile, and they approach Molly's friend group, and they're, like, and Molly's, like, okay, like, if Nikki believes you, then everyone will go along with it. Like, Nikki knows me best. So Nikki greets Cleo, and it goes off without a hitch. She completely believes that Cleo is Molly. Which, terrible friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cleo, like, doesn't comfort Nikki like Molly would, and she also tries to avoid Coog any chance she gets. Well, he tries to kiss her, so she's like, I'm not gonna kiss my sister's boyfriend. Yeah, uh, Cleo gets a call, gets a call on the phone from George, and George believes that Cleo is Molly from afar. Uh, Cleo tells him that she's staying home sick from school. Yeah, so, uh, Cleo is telling Molly that she needs to go get a microscope right now, but Molly's like, well, you have to go to my classes for me, and she's like, it's fine, like, I'll get you a microscope at whatever time. Uh, so they go to their first class, and we learn that, uh, Molly got a C on her test, and Cleo's like, well, why didn't you- Okay, so, uh, Cleo asks why Molly didn't just ask for help if she was struggling in school, but Molly's like- you know, you're pretty judgmental and not very helpful all the time, so I didn't really want to ask for your help. 
Um, and that's pretty much that. In the hallway, again. I feel a connection to Cleo because I am also very sarcastic and judgmental and closed off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the hallway, Cleo, again, is like, I need to get the microscope. But then Molly's like, no, you have to go to the pep circle. You're leading the pep circle. We need to talk about pep circle. <laughs> because, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they walk into the gym. This is, okay, so the lacrosse team, it's not the cheerleaders, it's the lacrosse team. They do this before every match, apparently, every day. Yeah, so they sit in a circle, and the gym is dark with a spotlight on them. They're all, like, sitting in chairs in a circle. Um, they start with a group hug. So they get in, everyone group hugs, and now it's time for truth circle. So Nikki tells everyone that... She's grateful for, to have a friend like Molly. And the team asks uh, Cleo, a.k.a. Molly, for an emotional truth. So Cleo has to get up and, like, tell a truth. And she's like, she, like, t- says what she really feels. But she's like, sometimes I feel like I'm a person that no one notices, that I'm not special or anything. Um, it looks like a cult. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's like they're trying to do team bonding, but it's very forced. It's Maybe weird. I'm saying if it were Molly, she'd probably be more into it, so it'd probably be yeah. It may not fine. look as awkward. Yeah, I I I did play sports in high school. I feel like if I had to do this, I'd probably quit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I never did any team bonding. <laughs> uh, Cleo is a little uncomfortable with like all of the hugs and attention and whatever. Uh, we cut briefly to Molly is left, and she's going to get the microscope from the lab. Uh, she hears George and Carter talking about science, and we learn that Carter was a science scholar at this, like, program over the summer, and he's super smart. And so Carter asks about Cleo. He's like, you know, like, what's Cleo's deal? And then George is like, why? And then he's like, never mind. Yeah, Molly stops to listen. Yeah. Um, and after that, she takes the microscope, puts it in her locker, and then grabs Cleo from the massage train in pep circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hey, uh, Carter likes you. Like, you should, like, totally ask him out. And Cleo's like, no, like, no, he doesn't. Like, there's no way that a jock like him could like someone like me. Yeah. Uh, Molly sees Coog run off because he ate some bad meatballs last night. So she sneaks into the boy's bathroom and steals his costume. His bear costume. His, like, full body bear costume. Yeah. She puts it on and decides to go to science class and pretend to be Cleo. So that she can flirt with Carter. Yeah, she flirts with him, uh, and then she starts to see that she's turning invisible. So she really quickly, she's like, hey, uh, let's meet up for a date later at the fundraiser dance. At the ho- It's like a Halloween carnival fundraiser dance Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and so Carter's just like, uh, okay, I guess. Yeah, so she has to get out of there because her suit's disappearing. Um, so Molly pulls Cleo into a closet and tells her what happened. Um, George sees, like, the, like, both of them in there. He sees, like, the bear costume and the Dorothy costume. He's like, oh, like, Cleo and Molly are in there. So he walks in, but then he sees, uh, Molly's body is half gone. Yeah, it's, like, half dissolved. Yeah, so Cleo explains everything to George, and Molly is completely invisible whenever Coog walks in. Um, so that's when Cleo and George run away, um, uh, along with Molly, Molly's there too, and George asks Molly for advice with, because he likes Nikki, and Molly's like, oh, look, just be yourself. Like, she's really nice, and she likes guys who, like, know who they are. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Perkins spots them in the hall. He thinks that Cleo is Molly. 
And so Mr. Perkins is like, hey, like, I heard Cleo was gone today, and I was really hard on her yesterday, and I just want to make sure that, like, she's not mad, she's not, like, scared, and she can't come to school. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I, like, I just think she's so smart, and she's so bright, and I want her to, like, be the best version of herself. And so, like, obviously he's telling Cleo this, and Cleo's like, yes, like, she, everything's okay, and she's really happy to have you as a teacher. Um, so it's the end of the school day, Molly is still invisible, so Cleo has to play in the lacrosse game. Yeah, she's like, well, this is my only shot at college, the scouts are there, it's very important. And, mm, okay. <laughs> from the beginning, <laughs> Cle- okay, so Cleo has never played lacrosse. First of all, I'm sure there are a bunch of rules that you need to know. I would, yeah, I would, <laughs> I've never played lacrosse, I, I have, have no idea. idea how to play lacrosse, but yeah. It's fine. She yeah, just so goes she just into runs the around. Game. It's nothing. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cleo's like, this, like, I can't do this. Like, it's so easy, like, for you. And Molly's like, it's not easy. Like, I have severe anxiety before my games. That's why I take an Alka-Seltzer every night before I have a game. But uh, what keeps me grounded is that I love being on a team. I love my teammates and the support that we have for each other. Um, so on the field, Molly's, like, running alongside Cleo, like, trying to coach her. No one ever runs into Molly. Yeah. Uh, but Cleo's not doing well. So Molly just goes up and, like, knocks over the other team. Yeah, she just starts sabotaging the other team invisibly. And just, like, hits them so that they fly in midair, like, giving Cleo space to run. I don't understand how no one's just, like, why is all of the rest of the team just falling down over nothing? Yeah, but it's fine, I guess. But Cleo's doing well now. Uh, the game is tied, and there's a timeout with only seconds left. So George goes down to flirt with Nikki yeah. during a timeout! This is not the time, Sir? and I don't think their coach would let them do this, but I don't think they have a coach. We no, they don't see have their a coach. coach. <laughs> Apparently Molly is the coach Yeah, I guess that's why everyone relies on Molly so much. Yeah. Yeah, so Molly again tells Cleo, Cleo wants to give up because she's in a lot of pain. Understandable. Yeah. Um, but Molly tells Cleo, she's like, this is really important. So Cleo steps up and gives the whole team an encouraging speech. Um, and Cleo ends up making the winning goal on her own without any of Molly's help. So for a brief moment, Cleo feels all the glory while no one notices Molly. Yeah, everyone is, like, cheering for who they think is Molly, and they pick up Cleo, who they think is Molly, and Molly just has to kind of, like, watch and feel invisible, so they each get a taste of, like, the Mm. other's existence. Yeah, so back at home, Cleo is doing science-y things to figure out what to do. Uh, They learn that the invisibility will become permanent at midnight. Um, Cleo and George must reanalyze the experiment in a full lab at school, uh, the experiment that, um, all of the, like, stuff fell into the beaker, they gotta figure out what it was. Yep. Um, so, they must catch a new moth for a test subject at a cemetery. Um, so they go out with a lantern to look for a moth. I feel like there'd be an easier way to find a moth than just, like, just wandering around. your porch light. You know how many moths go to the porch light whenever I turn yeah, it on? Yeah, I guess they have to get a big-ass moth like the one they found before, but... I, which are only available in uh, New Orleans cemeteries. Apparently. Um, uh, Molly climbs a tree to go catch a moth, but falls into, like, a swamp pond. Um, Molly gets upset, and all of her frustrations with Cleo kind of come to a, bo- a boiling point. So she, like, gives up hope and kind of runs away. Well, yeah, she's like, if I'm going to be invisible forever, I'd rather be alone. She's like, you should understand, Cleo, and leaves. <laughs> um, so Cleo is by herself. She's trying to, like, yell out an apology to Molly, hoping she's still around and she can hear. Uh, Cleo's like, you know what? It's hard to be your sister because everyone is just drawn to you and you have this light and you make everyone happy. Um, and I never, and Cleo's like, well, I never had that uh, ability, so I pushed you away. 
Uh, and it turns out Molly was there and she caught the moth. So it's time to go to school. <laughs> so it's time to yeah, go. so George is supposed to have been at school setting up the lab. Oh, wait, 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 on the way there, they take a trolley there, right? Yeah. So Molly apologizes for not realizing how Cleo felt, and Molly's like, I'm envious of you because you're um, naturally academically smart without trying. She's like, I know, like, being popular in high school isn't going to matter. Like, I don't care. Um, but Cleo's like, um, you know how to bring out the best in people, which is better than being academically smart. So they have a little moment. Yeah. So then they're at the school. Yeah, they get to school. Again, George is supposed to have been setting up the lab the whole time, but he couldn't get in because there's security. They can't just break into this school like most of the other DCOMs after hours. Are there security guards at school after hours? Uh, some, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so Molly's like, don't worry, I got this. I'm fucking invisible. Yeah, so she, like, distract. There's a whole sequence where she, like distracts security guard and scares him and huh, it's ah hilarious um so in the science lab they figure out the invisibility solution but it's too complex for either of them to figure out an antidote so george says you know who could help carter he's a chemistry genius yeah so they all go out to the fundraiser to try and find carter which apparently is not at the school why no. would the fundraiser <laughs> be at the school that would make too much sense no yeah, so they go no, to fundraiser wherever it is. Why use this free facility for a fundraiser when they can pay for <laughs> a yeah. public park yeah. with a weird barn off to the side? Wherever they are, it's not at school. Yes. They all go to the fundraiser to get Carter. Um, uh, Cleo tells him that they need his help. Um, oh, well, first she finds him and he's like, I, I thought you were ditching me. Like, you show up here late. You're not in your costume. He's wearing a honeypot around his body because she was dressed like a bear earlier. Oh, I thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, and so he's just like, like, what's going on with you? Like, you're hot and cold. And Cleo apologizes and he's bas- she's basically just like, I've had a crush on you. I just never thought that you she's would like, like me. I'm just really insecure and I realize that I've been acting bad. Yeah. Um... And so he's, like, he's basically just, like, obviously I like you. I dressed up like this. I look stupid. Yeah, at one point, Coog spots Cleo, and he's really worried that Molly is avoiding him. Throughout the movie, Cleo never really liked Coog because he's a giant himbo. He's just an idiot. Yeah. Um, But Coog is, like, I mean, like, if if she doesn't want to see me anymore, that's fine. Like, I just want her to be happy. And it makes Cleo realize how much Coog cares for her sister. Um, And so... Molly, who is there, who's still invisible, explains. She's like, listen, I'm invisible. Like, we're not breaking up. <laughs> so now Coog is in on the secret. Yeah. Um, and so they, they finally explain to Carter, like, they need her help. Her sister is invisible. They need him to analyze this solution. Oh, we so also get We also get a moment where um, Nikki goes up to George and she's like, where's Molly? Like, I messed everything up. I need her to reassure me that everything's fine. And George is like, everything is fine. And then they agree to go on a date. Yeah. So then we get back to that. <laughs> yeah. So they have to make their own lab because they have no time to go back to school. This is when I realized they're not at school. <laughs> Yeah, so they go to this abandoned barn, and they grab whatever they can find to make this lab. Uh, Carter is looking over everything, and good thing he's super smart, because he figures out what they need to do. Yeah, so Molly has 40 seconds till midnight to drink the antidote, and at that point, Mr. Perkins knows that there's students in the barn, so he's knocking on the barn, knocking on the door to try and get them out, because they're not supposed to be in there. Yeah. So instead of drinking the antidote, uh, Molly lets Mr. Perkins inside so she can, she can demonstrate how Cleo made her invisible. Um, and then, uh, because she wanted uh, Mr. Perkins to know how smart Cleo is and what she did. Yeah. Uh, so then, seconds after midnight, Molly drinks the antidote, and it doesn't work. 
And that's when they realized the acidity of the Alka-Seltzer impacted the solution. So Molly always has some on hand. So then they just put it into the solution, and it works. Molly is visible again. Blammo, everyone celebrates. Everyone exits the barn and heads to the fundraiser to have a fun night. Well, yeah, uh, Mr. Perkins asks Cleo to present her findings in front of, like, a board of scientists. Yeah. Because they're all going to believe this definitely happened. Yeah, well, they do. Because we get a short clip at the end of Cleo narrating again about visibility and invisibility. Um, she gets a standing ovation in all the, uh, of all the scientists. Her whole family is there, including her parents. Um, Does she get, like, a Nobel Peace Prize? Or not peace, but a Nobel yeah, Prize? Yeah, what are they gonna she do with this? She invented invisibility. I feel like this is just gonna be used for bad things. I think they need to assassinate her and pretend like this never happened. I agree. <laughs> War? Yeah, the only thing I can think of is just, like, murdering civilians. Yeah, you can't be invisible. (laughs) Or, like, using it for cops. Like, it can't be good. Yeah. No, literally no good can come out of this. And it's a very simple solution. Chemicals that she could all have at home. That she all had. Sugar. (laughs) Yeah, whenever she was trying to crystallize sugar. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's what what he originally gave her. Yeah, and then, like, Alka-Seltzer. What? (laughs) Yeah, they, this is all Molly's fault, though. She's the one who's like, Mr. Perkins, look! Yeah, she could have just become Like, I don't think Cleo was like, hey, everyone, check this out. She could have just invented, if she's that smart, she could just do something else. Yeah. Keep the invisibility uh, secret to yourself. We don't need invisibility as a society. Yeah, and you know what? If she wanted to use it for her own personal gain later on, then she owns the right for that. But I feel like not Cleo, for everyone. Cleo would use it to like save the environment or something. I don't know how, but <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but that's for her to decide. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, she says, uh, "Oh, uh, we get a nice shot of everyone enjoying froyo together." Cleo doesn't have a lot of eyeliner anymore. Oh uh, yeah, she's not emo anymore. <laughs> I guess she doesn't listen to fits in the tantrums anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, everyone, the whole gang, they're all dating each other now, so it's all good. Yeah. She says, we become invisible when we're not afraid to show who the world, who we really are. Amazing. <laughs> Yay. What a beautiful message. I guess. <laughs> That's Invisible Sister. Yeah, I'm really worried about the ramifications of invisibility on yeah, I, the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, what? You can't do that. <laughs> it just ends with her presenting her findings, and that's it. To all of these scientists, you're telling me there's a whole room of scientists and there's no evil scientists there? Exactly! The movies and TV shows would lead you to believe. <laughs> exactly. Not good. More this like the only time, scientists. This is the only time I'm asking for more. <laughs> and I don't already have it. <laughs> Uh, Disney cannot put that into a movie. It's just <laughs> utter chaos. Everyone dies. <laughs> That's it. Guys, if you were thinking about going out to invent invisibility, I beg you, don't do it. Yeah. Find a solution to climate change. Figure out how to stop climate change. First, how about, uh, don't do that. Just focus on other stuff. It's more important. And wait till I'm dead. <laughs> That's all I ask. Well, let's hope, because I think, like, Elon Musk and Bezos are looking for things to live forever, which we also shouldn't do. We're not meant to live forever. No, I don't, I don't have the energy to live forever. I don't have the will to live forever. No. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're born, you die. <laughs> you're That's born. fine. 
That's enough for me. <laughs> that was Invisible Sister and the conversations it inspired. <laughs> <The> conversa- <sighs> yeah, How did you two people freak out about the ramifications of invisibility? <laughs> it's not good. Leave it alone. Uh, we should have Abby back here so she can talk about time travel. I, th- I think we've mentioned it briefly on the podcast. I know we talked about it in Minutemen. I'm sure time travel does exist. Leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever get the chance, leave it alone. Yeah. Unless you're somehow going to stop climate change without stopping everything else. I don't know. <laughs> so that's it. Um, how'd you rate and rank this? Uh, this wasn't the worst decom we've watched. It was fine. I gave it a two out of five. Pretty basic. Uh, I put it at number 93. It is below Hatching Pete and above the poof point, which I was gonna say, this is kind of a trope. It's like, yeah. they have a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, rem- I was gonna say, this reminded me of 17 again. Yeah. It, with T and Tamara. Yeah, and the poof point. Like, I put it above that right. and I was like, that makes sense. Where it's like a science, they have a it's set just time. The same they have to, again. like, get over it. I don't really like those very much because I already have anxiety. So, like, timed things, I'm like, <laughs> just be done with it so i kind of like the um the comfort and knowing the formula like you know how it's gonna end yeah like, i bet we know her sister's not gonna be invisible forever right. like that's how i felt this is gonna sound terrible but watching like criminal minds which is a show that shows terrible terrible things but every single episode for 15 seasons follows the exact same formula and i found comfort in that uh but yeah i felt the same way like very basic it's a, a standard decom. Yeah. Um, I gave it a two out of five. I put it number 85 below Starstruck and above How to Build a Better Boy. Yeah, that's Invisible Sister. Next week we have Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, that's a remake from, like, a classic movie from the 80s. Oh, I've never seen the classic movie from the I 80s. I haven't either, but I've heard of it. I know it has Elizabeth too. Well, there we go. <laughs> so I will be sure to detail the comparisons, even though I've never seen the original. (laughs) We'll see you then. Bye.